0: So, Andrew Fidel Fernando, you've, you've spent this whole year trying to uh, project Sri Lanka as the Pakistan before Pakistan even thought of Pakistan. But SLC have proven you wrong ultimately uh, by, by a, a, appointing a coach that Pakistan had discarded uh, and uh, <laughs> welcoming Mickey Arthur to the job after his eventful stint with Pakistan yeah, I mean
1: but what's more Pakistan than picking up a coach that's like that no one has really been looking seriously at over the last few few months I mean that's like that's like another let's just like another sort of simmering brand of chaos that they're bringing into the the team and also I have to say and it's and it's especially not like more Pakistan is because actually Chandi Singh is still <laughs> being paid. And on the payroll of SLC while they're in the, in the midst of hiring Mickey Arthur. So I think my point still stands to be fair. Um, yeah, we are, we are picking up a, a coach that Pakistan had, but I think, I think it was at a point where SLC were just going to go for whoever was happy to work with them. Um, and, uh, we had, SLC's had like 12 coaches this decade already. We're not, we're still two months from the, from the end. Maybe we'll get a, a 13th uh depending on how how mis- how uh, Mickey goes in his first tour
0: but so uh, if Hattu comes back does it count as thirteen
1: does if who comes back
0: if Chantik singer comes back yeah.
1: well no. we've already had a couple of double appointments yeah maybe they'll come maybe they'll, he'll come back and they can fight over the job um, uh maybe they'll split it i don't i honestly don't know what's gonna happen with that whole situation but then new- you
0: i would like a Split coaching role between Arthur and Arthur Singha, knowing their tempers, and I <laughs> would love to be a fly on the wall if yeah, they're I mean, in the an room. argument between those two
1: would be fascinating to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a fascinating time to be like in South Asian or following South Asian cricket right now. Uh, this year, I think we've had Bangladesh, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka switch coaches. India went through this whole coach switching process, which we'll talk about later. Uh, where, where they were, where they like, were like, oh, should we appoint a new coach? And everyone knew, uh, that Shastri was going to end up doing the job anyway at the end of it.
0: Yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like India, India were part of this group and now they have graduated to some cooler, posher social strata and they're like, we don't know you guys. We just have a stable coach for three years <laughs> in a row. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I feel like it was a bit of a, like it was be, below Shastri's, um, like, it was, it was a bit of a blow below the belt to even make him apply. I mean, he's shaft three. It's like his, it's, at this stage, it just seems like his God given right to be in that dressing room, to be seen in that dressing room, either with a, with a grumpy face or like half asleep. Like, he's, he's such a part of the Indian unit now that, uh, it's, it seems like undignified to even, like, how dare they make him reapply for a job that everyone knew was going to get anyway.
0: Yeah. I'm sure even, even if he's not a coach, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a time when, he won't be the coach. He'll, he'll still have a God-given right to enter that dressing room, and because because they can't hear commentary, right? So they need somebody to make it exciting for them in the dressing room. <laughs>
1: um, well, I think we'll start off today with uh, talking a little bit about uh, Mickey Arthur, and then we'll go on to Shastri, of course, one of my favourite topics uh, in cricket um, and one of my favourite personalities in cricket. Genuinely, uh, I just think he adds so much colour to uh, to this to the game. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And, and so let's, uh, let's start with Mickey. What, what did you make of his stint in Pakistan? Uh, it was str- I mean, I was a little bit surprised that they dropped him when they did. I mean, obviously they won the championship. He missed out on, uh, semi final qualifications in the World Cup by a whisker. Uh, and they, and he was part of the, the team that took them to number one in T20s. Uh, oversaw Baba Razam's, uh, development, oversaw a pretty good period in Pakistan's, Fielding, I think like Pakistan Field as well as they have probably like 20 years, for so about a year in the middle of, uh, of Mickey's stint. Um were you impressed by that? Did you see any, flaw, did you see any major flaws? Uh,
0: wasn't it, uh, very similar to his previous stints with South Africa and Australia where he, where he always empowered the captain to do what he wanted and was, uh, it was always, it was always clear he was a uh, definite number two to the captain, whether it was Game Smith or whether it was Michael Clark. I just wonder if he did the same with Pakistan, and it just went on for a little too long, and he failed to recognize that Safra Ahmed was had declined his game had declined a little bit too much, and whether he didn't push uh, aggressively enough for a change. I'm not sure what happened behind the doors, but the, his his classic uh, his classic trademark signs were there. When he coached Pakistan, where, where he, he sat in the background, worked with the youngsters, but let the captain do all the major decision making. It's
1: going to be fascinating to watch him with Sri Lanka then, who will like change captains. Like I've had, I've had like bottles of milk in my <laughs> fridge longer than like the last three Sri Lankan captains. So I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. Like how can you have a captain and coach model where the coach plays second fiddle with the captain when you're having to, you know, uh, duck and roll with like several captains coming in? <laughs> Um. And so I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch how that um how that relationship how that dynamic develops here, uh, because you obviously got like now you've got three different captains for three different forms of the game in Sri Lanka. you have got oh sorry, two different captains. Uh, you've got Dimuth for Tests and One Days, and his One Day captaincy. It's not really clear whether that was just a World Cup thing, whether he'll have that long term, or whether someone else will take it over soon. His tests captaincy seems a little bit more stable. Uh, and then you've got, um, you've got Lassit Malinga at, uh, as T20 captain. And his T20 captaincy is very, very on the rocks at the moment as well because Sri Lanka have lost so many matches under him, uh, over the last year. So it's, uh, I don't know how Mickey Arthur will, will, I think what I am looking forward to is seeing how he works with the younger players. Um, as I mentioned Barbara Zahm earlier, but like Shadab Khan had, had a good run under him. Uh, guys like Fahim Ashraf seem to develop a little bit. Uh, in Pakistan. So Sri Lanka have a lot of these players. Like, uh, Sri Lanka desperately need a coach to get Kusal Mendes' head right and to, to get him, like, consistently performing. Uh, and I think it is largely a mental thing rather than a tec- technical thing now for, for Mendes. Um, they need, you know, they need more consistent runs out of, like, like, like Kusal Pereira. Um, and they need uh, a young spinner to come through as well. Like, Sandekan's been around the scene for a while. One in the has just come on, but he's had a pretty poor tour of Australia. So there's like a lot of lot of like younger fixable players in the team, and that's I think like I don't think SLC had a plan uh, when they chose him. They I, I heard that they were very very close to to uh, nailing down Mark Rampakash for the job, uh, but uh, Rampakash said no at the last minute, and so then they went to Mickey Arthur, who was like uh, the next guy who sort of showed interest. And the SLC is such, like, so desperate for coaches because of their history of just sacking everybody that I think as soon as someone as high profile as Mickey went for them, uh, and I asked, you know, a few administrators, what is it that improved, that impressed you about Mickey? And they're like, oh, he, you know, the Pakistan won the champions trophy under him. And, uh, he, they also, you know, did well in T20s, which is like, which is like a boilerplate, like, Anyone could have given that answer. Like, there's no insight into what makes Mickey a particularly good fit for Sri Lanka right now. So, um, yeah, it is. I I think that's that's the area where Mickey Arthur can work the most is with those younger players, Um, and just I guess like giving a little bit of continuity. If he can be a force for continuity in Sri Lanka, as you said, where um, where the the captain, you know, he plays second, second fiddle to the captain and gives empowers the captain. If he can be a force to doing that, say especially in the test team, with Dimuth, um, that could that could work out.
0: Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he works with the the local bowling coaches to uh, rep- replenish the spin bowling and also, you know, have have a couple of fast bowlers who who support uh, Suranga Lakmal and who support uh, while Lasit Malinga is there in the shorter formats, who come up and take on the mantle while he's there. That that. That continuity in the bowling department is actually more important because batsmen, we have seen on and off, batsmen have been coming through. I I don't know, you might disagree, but I've seen a lot of, in the last two or three years, batting talent has come through with Sri Lanka. It's the bowlers that... Yeah,
1: it's come through, but they haven't really... There's not been a lot of batsmen who, like, cemented their place at the top level. It's like they've shown initial promise.
0: Yeah, yeah, Kusal, Kusal is a great example that you came up with he, he was such such a promising talent when he came up uh, against Australia everybody was and everybody enjoyed watching him back almost like Babar Azam it was just beautiful to watch but he's not kicked on from there so him and Dhananjaya in in partnership with Dimuth and Kusal Perera, have to take the team forward yeah and
1: this is all like it's all kind of uh income like dependent on how long they actually let Mickey Arthur do this job right like uh We've just had a change in our political system here. So there's going to be a change in sports minister, uh, who's going to bring new ideas, uh, and try and impose himself as all sports ministers do. Uh, that often has like a knockout if knock on effect, uh, on the coach. So the last sports minister was one of the leading forces who wanted to have to sing his sacked. Uh, and that's why we're in that situation right now. Like there are so many balls up in the air with Sri Lanka. Like there's, uh, there are so many things to contend with. And I think like, at least he knows what the Pakistan system is like and the chaos within it and how uh, he can sort of manage, like carve out a kind of stable path uh, within that system. He's going to need like every ounce of that experience uh, in Sri Lanka to manage all these relationships with uh, administrators who, who don't really know what they're doing uh, to working out how he fits with like the political um Issues going on both in SLC and in the government, uh, and then just like uh, not a, not a particularly uh, united team, even so, like it sort of has been a little bit fractious over the last couple of years. So all of that is such a huge job, uh, and this is the reason why I thought Chandrakasht Singer was good at the time because he understood the system and he spoke the language and was able to sort of like communicate. Whereas Mickey Arthur's doesn't have those advantages. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be tough. So, Hardro
0: would have, you know, uh, relieved the captain of uh, of the, all this fighting and politicking and whatever goes on in the background. He would have relieved him of that all that stuff and let him just concentrate on building the team.
1: <laughs> so, so, the so the thing is that didn't actually happen on Hardro And Hardro had this very famous feud with uh, Angelo Matthews, who I think is still not a big fan. Uh, and so like in fact the po the politicking kind of probably intensified under Huthrusinger, despite my hopes that it would that it wouldn't. Um and people were sort of like going behind each other's backs to the sports minister and all this kind of stuff. It was it got really messy. Um, maybe because maybe actually it could work in Mickey's favor because he's an an outsider and kind of aloof and out of the system and less susceptible to being affected by like what's going on in local uh politics. Maybe that'll protect him a bit, and maybe he'll have a bit more of a stable footing to go about his job.
0: So this this reminds me of India in on two counts. First is where uh, Mickey Arthur is an outsider, which is which was one of the reasons why India started going to foreign coaches for the exact same reasons that he comes in as an outsider, who's who's who has no allegiances to any particular party. That that gave players a lot of confidence in the coach when when India started with John Wright. That's what that was a one big thing that he won't be an Indian coach who would be partial to a player or a or a Ranji team or a board administrator. That's that's how India moved to foreign coaches for to give players confidence that hey this coach is a neutral. So that might, Sri Lanka might be at at a similar juncture at this point if you're talking about fractious relationships between players and the board and the team. And the other thing that we were talking about, Hathu and uh, his relationship with Angelo Matthews and uh, Hathu's public comments about Matthews' fitness, that I can assure you will never happen in India of today. Superstar player, big man, (laughs) India's coach is never going to (laughs) question any of, anything you do.
1: That's what is different about uh, India that that coaches feel like they can't really uh, criticize players, you know, in front of everyone? I think Hatu Hatu did this both in Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. It went kind of uh, where he like sacked uh, or where he got Shakib suspended, the biggest star in, in Bangladesh, you know, even back then, uh, for a couple of months. And he came and tried to do the same thing here, um, and it and both times it was kind of a bit messy for him, but he survived that initial period. Um, what is it about India that makes that like not even an option for a coach?
0: Well, it's it's quite obvious that the captain is appointing you. <laughs> In four words, the captain is appointing you. It's uh, the the coach R- Ravi Shastri, has come through because the captain has uh, captain has campaigned for him to come back, and uh, I'm not saying. Uh, i'm sure their hearts are in the right place but uh, in india your job india in india the captain is arguably the most powerful person in the system right now especially in the two years that the committee of administrators were there he definitely was the most powerful and whatever he said he got so uh, i'm not saying the captain needed criticizing i'm not saying the captain uh I'm just saying that he... And I'm not saying it doesn't happen behind the doors. It might be happening behind the behind closed doors. But uh, that's how it. Indians... In India, I think Ravi Shastri has realized that you don't upset what is going well and maybe try to work in the background. I don't know what happens in the background with them. But uh, you won't be able... You won't be criticizing. Uh, and uh, with the previous coach, Anil Kumble, there were a couple of instances where the coach... Coach read from a different book than the captain. The captain had criticised Pujara's uh, uh, strike rate in West Indies, and and uh, pretty s- not too. I, I mean, in the next se- next test series itself, the, uh, the coach came out and said, "Hey, as far as uh, strike rate goes, I only uh, only bowlers matter in test cricket. only bowlers' strike rate matters in test cricket, not the batsman's strike rate." So, um they they i don't think they they saw test cricket especially the same way both the captain and the previous coach so when the when the contract came up for renewal he had his way and i'm sure if if you know that my job is uh, reliant on i got this job because of you I, i'm not going to openly criticize or yeah. even i don't it know is-
1: it does manifest it in its way in like hilarious uh ways so i do love it's like an owner labrador relationship like Ravi, uh, like shastri seems so uh keen at every turn just to to like pump up uh kohli's tires um and and uh to back kohli like to the hill in every decision uh anything controversial happens shastri's there as like a bodyguard almost like uh, knocking out anyone who's like trying to throw a punch at, at Kohli. And, uh, and it's, I mean, I don't see, as you said, it's been going well for India. So it's kind of hard to say this is, uh this is a bad thing that you need like a bigger diversity of opinion. Kohli is actually getting the job done right now. And, uh, and...
0: and now I wonder if we, in part, I mean, we know, we, we can still question tactical inputs from, Shastri, but uh, in part, I wonder if we have got it wrong, because maybe maybe players at this level, at this elite level, just need somebody to, you know, eliminate and clear all doubt in their head, and when they know they have somebody in the corner who is going to fight every battle for them, who is going to fight at least uh, a battle of perception, a battle of PR, a battle of... uh, uh, any politicking required in cricket, if they know there's a coach who's going to do all that, you know, for example, if, if you need a pitch, which Indian curators were not very, you know, uh, not well known for providing in the, in the decade of, of the noughties or 2000 to 2010 when Dhoni was the captain, and suddenly mid 2010s, India started getting just the kind of pitches they want, and if, if, I'm saying if it is because the coach has a better relationship or he has he can get it delivered then uh, why not and if he's if he's making you feel like hey you are the world champions and if you, you maybe just you need just that elimination just clearance of doubt in your head where at this level and because uh, when you talk about finer parts of their games we've got three very good coaches under him for fielding batting bowling what what it leaves out is tactical direction the team goes in, maybe team selection uh, in some test matches where which has been suspect. Apart from that, maybe it works for this, these guys for Kohli for Rohit Sharma. Maybe they just want someone who who tells the, who just eliminates that one percent of doubt before they go out into high pressure games.
1: Yeah, it's, it seems like such a rock solid relationship, like. Um, like there are like many marriages that look more like uh, more susceptible to crumbling than this. It just seems like Ravi and uh, Shastri and Kohli will just be there forever. As long as Kohli's around, feels like Shastri will be there. Um, and I mean, I just want to go back to one thing you touched on. Like you said that there were um, three very good coaches under him, and you mentioned earlier on that that uh, India had gone to foreign coaches for a long time before making this and now it's like almost a complete switch there's virtually no non-Indians in that India dressing room there's uh, one or two but be, um, all the all the bowling batting coaches are uh, are Indians like what's brought on that change and how has that changed the way that India play
0: I think that that credit has to go to the BCCI for all the ills that it has uh, the BCCI has to be and BCCI this this work was done anything you see in Indian cricket right now that work was done at administrative level about five to seven years ago. And what is happening today with what happened with COA, you will see in another five years. So wh- when we have good coaches coming out of India, it's because the BCCI put in uh, programs while the foreign coaches were here. They, they had discussions with them. They had all this level one, level two, level three programs in. And they enrolled for, for former players to... They, they provided them an employment after their playing careers not everybody had to go into media and so we at one one uh, at one level they are providing employment to f- former cricketers and at another level they started slowly developing homegrown coaches who first entered the under 19 and A team system and then eventually as they kept progressing at NCA NCA also they kept working with you know, international players would come back for rehab, and there would be some camps there just before any big series. So they kept working with them, and slowly and gradually, they have. It's it's been a gradual five-six year process for somebody like Bharat Arun, who's who's everybody agrees is a very very good bowling coach right now. For him to come through this system,
1: yeah, and it's not just it's not just the coaches around the top team, is it? I mean, you've got uh, Dravid in the system as well. Uh, is is Kumbha still involved? In coaching,
0: uh, not in uh, not with the BCCI right now. Uh, but he he's never too far. But Dravid has almost sort of taken over the process of developing, you know, or keeping players and other coaches just just pro just provide them that experience of having played 150 test matches and just bridging that gap before they actually enter that arena, both for, I, I'm sure it works for coaches too, I'm, definitely it works for cricketers, but I think it works for coaches too, somebody who works with them, this uh, current batting coach who's replaced Sanjay Bhagar Vikram Rathor, he's worked with Dravid before, Sanjay bhagar uh, Bharat Arun, R Sridhar had worked with him,
1: so, it,
0: it, so uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure being yeah, with Dravid like It
1: sounds like you're describing like a very well-oiled machine. That for which like the, the building blocks were put down like 10, 15 years ago and like gradually built up.
0: Yes. For which, for which the BCCI doesn't get enough credit. So, actually. I mean, that's
1: completely different from the way, say, I mean, Shri, both Sri Lanka and Pakistan, uh, uh, you know, do their work. Um, in Sri Lanka, for example, there's, there's like no succession planning. I mean, there's Abhishek Gunawardhana who was, doing a good job with the A team, but then, uh, he had these, uh, corruption allegations leveled against him, uh, charges leveled against him for involvement in, uh, around his involvement in the T10 tournament. Uh, and so he's kind of not in the picture right now. Like it's so much more chaotic and, uh, and just ad hoc, uh, which is, I think, where, uh, some of the other South Asian nations can like really take a page out of, of the BCI's book. But to what extent is like putting that, that structure in place? Part uh, like a result of the like amazing resources that the BCCI has at their disposal. Like, is that a big part of it? Can other teams who are less well off uh, aim to replicate that without that kind of money?
0: Yeah, so that's that's a very good point. India's India have resources. Uh, the, the amount of resources available to India make a big difference. And it's not just financial resources. It's human resources. It's uh, a ready market through IPL and through Indian cricket that sells a lot, which brings back the money into the system, which the BCCI has uh, pumped back into Indian cricket uh, at grassroots levels, be it grounds, be it having coaches in place, be it having academies in place. Uh, So all that has started working pretty smoothly. And it, it does work because India have a robust Uh, commercial uh, ecosystem for Indian cricket, which has brought in teams, which has brought in like professional franchises uh, in IPL, for example, which demand an equally professional uh, conduct from BCCI in response, which which is not the sole reason because the BCCI has been uh, uh, promoting Indian cricket for so long. But all that... It, that, uh, as you said, a well-oiled machinery has been working for a long time now. Which, uh, uh, with with those systems in place, uh, I mean, the systems that, that were in place were so good that a committee of administrators with zero experience of running cricket could come in for three years and uh, almost seamlessly run Indian cricket.
1: Yeah, what the whole thing didn't fall apart. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean Ed, that's a good point you make about IPL as well. Like. It, Indian players have access to so much high quality coaching uh, partly because of the IPL as well uh, it's mainly Indian players who, who benefit from that a few foreign players do of course as well but uh, like for as you know for 8 weeks of the year some of the best coaches in the world have all descended on India and they're working with players on their games like has that we always talk about how the IPL has raise the income of coaches around the world because now uh there are way more jobs and very high paying short term jobs but has the IPL coming in and uh these high quality work coaches working in in India raised the overall standard of coaching as well
0: exactly uh, first of all i I'll, I'll address the point I made about the players coming in touch with such Excellent coaches for eight weeks a year. Like Jaspit Bumrah is a great example. It's, and it's not just the coaches. For eight, for two months a year, he's working with Shane Bond and Lasit Malinga, and and we know uh, his relationship with Malinga. So uh, players like Bumrah have definitely benefited from them. They might not say it, and uh, they might not openly say it because then it can be seen in India as uh, in a way putting down Indian coaches, but. Uh, most of these young players have learnt a lot from their time with not just the coaches, but spend, uh, but in the nets with such uh, excellent cricketers from around the world. And uh, in a way, it has also made them a little autonomous. Uh, for some, again, Bumrah is an example. If you ask people about uh, Bumrah, they would say they say one one thing. They say is he's an autonomous cricketer, by which they just mean that. Uh, he does almost everything by himself. He doesn't need to be told to do anything. He knows he knows what training he needs. He knows what diet he needs. He knows what skills he needs to work on. You just need somebody who needs to direct him.
1: Which is why someone like... If, if Indian cricketers are becoming more autonomous, it, sh- it makes sense why someone like Shastri is there at the top level because he doesn't go into like t- tinkering with players' games or whatever. He's just like the overall manager of the team. He's basically like... Uh, like a, a team manager essentially, right? Like more than your traditional coach. And if, if the players are looking after themselves and working with their skills coaches and, and getting what they need from the skills coaches, then it, it makes complete sense to have like this hands-off, uh, character at the top, uh, top level who takes naps in the, in the dressing room and, uh, and then goes out and, and has like a hundred decibel press conference at the end of the day. Um, that's all you need from him.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's, he's in a way the kind of team manager that he might have had in his time. You know, who who just managed things, who didn't, who I don't know. I mean, how much of a tactical input he brings in, which is one of the contentious issues with the team, because uh, uh, as we we all know that I mean, India is a number one test team, like by a country mile. So things are going right, but. Uh, The only question we ask over the last two years is whether they have uh, performed to uh, the expectations they might have had from off the talent and the uh, amount of human resources the Indian cricket has right now is uh, they had like four big trips, uh, South Africa tour, England tour, Australia tour and the World Cup is uh, beating a severely depleted Australia on these four trips uh fair justification for the talent that Indian cricket has—cricket has—that's the question that's up in the air. But yeah, uh, Shastri has uh, has sort of gone to like old school co- coaching slash managing the team, and somebody else in these parts has taken it to another extreme right now, being old school, and that's our
1: uh, yeah Mitzvah who we haven't talked about uh, enough so far. Yeah, I mean, like so like we we talked about on this podcast before about how he's sort of come in as like kind of an authoritarian like he's very much like commander in chief of that team gets to pick it uh and so this is very this is very different from the model that we 've seen in uh in India, so Misbah is very much like the man front and center of that team right now uh because they have like a reasonably new captain. And it's kind of like a less stable period in, in Pakistan cricket. So Ms. Bar's the guy who's who's taking it every everything like front you know uh on the chin. Uh, I loved his press conference uh in in Australia a couple of days ago when he when someone asked him, How do you get Steve Smith out? And Miss Hawk said, Oh yes, he does have a blind spot, and that is what we're gonna do is we're gonna bowl uh, at the top of off stump, which is like the most incredible answer you could give, and also the most misbah answer, right? Like so old school, uh, incredibly like bowling at the top of the off stump is like the thing that every every like coach of a twelve year old tells them, and that's his strategy for getting out uh, the best batsman in the world by a huge distance right now. Um, and he and he says it in, in a press conference. Like generally, you ask uh, coaches or captains questions. Uh, about how you how how they're planning, how they're preparing, they all give you the answer. Like we can't tell you that uh because that's part of our tactics, and we need to use that. But Mister Bai has no issues going out and telling <laughs> everybody exactly what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, may, maybe it's a. It's first of all, it's just a proverbial uh, right areas that we as uh, uh, press people sort of are fed up with because uh, bowlers. Uh, Players, cricketers don't give press conferences that much value, so they just come up with whatever cliche they can. It's either that, or Misbah has not been uh, watching Steven Smith of late, or uh, over the last five years.
1: Or he just thinks, or he's so old school that he thinks like this is the one immutable law of cricket: like top of off stump gets everybody out. How can Steve Smith be uh, immune to that? Like he's he's just saying like this is Misbah is very much. I mean, like when he when he was captain. This was Pakistan's bowling strategy which was to bowl maybe not top of stump, maybe like fourth, fifth stump line, and just stay there all day. And it did work. I mean, he was very he's Pakistan's most successful captain in terms of number of test wins, uh, despite having to play all of those tests, uh, home tests in the UAE. Uh, and it worked for him. And he's saying, and I guess he's like going back on that that success and saying, "We built a successful team despite the odds, uh, based on this just." One rule uh that co- that you know coaches of twelve year olds teach them uh so why wouldn't it work at the top level i kind of i kind of admire that about him I'm like very
0: but uh, it's, garbage. i mean he might not be required if this, if it's just that simple
1: yeah but he i mean he's but he's the guy who's making sure that these old school values stay so he doesn't all these newfangled ideas about innovation and shortfalls. <laughs> and, and he's just, he's the guy who's making sure they stay on the, the straight, straight and narrow and go so the, the, off stump.
0: He, he's the alarm that will go off. And when, whenever the captain on the field tries, it's something funky and suddenly gloves will go out. and <laughs> <Yeah. everything laughs>
1: he's, like the, he's like the rumble strips on the highway, right? Like <laughs> as soon as you start wearing off <laughs> yeah. a little bit, and rumble, you get the rumble. rumble strips. Yeah. He just, just like shakes you awake and you're back on, back on the road. Um. So, yeah, I mean, like, do you think it'll... I'm so uh, interested to see how this goes.
0: Just before we get into this uh, test business, um, just a serious comment about uh, Asian coaches and T20 cricket. I, I seriously think India, Pakistan, especially with the coaches that they have right now, they should consider a specialist T20 coach. Because uh, a hands-off manager works in a longer game where the quality of players actually over time... You know, uh, stands out and you win matches. Uh, but in T20 cricket, it's such a short format that tactics make a big difference, and maybe you need someone sharper, someone more dynamic in the T20 variety, which shows more in data the results. Maybe, yeah, which shows the results that we've, we we are seeing for India and Pakistan in T20 cricket.
1: Yeah, and maybe so maybe on onto something in terms of his uh, bowling dry strategy. Um, uh, maybe he maybe he's he's already done his homework, and they they are playing a day-night match in Adelaide. I think the second test is a day-night match, and those. So that's a yeah. yeah,
0: that's a completely different test,
1: and that yeah, that they tend to be much more bowler friendly as well. Um, but this is, I think, this is like Misbah's first big test. We've seen him. You know, he probably hasn't impressed in the first couple of months. Obviously, that loss at home to Sri Lanka was. um uh, was a bit tough and, uh, and then the loss to, to, uh, to Australia in the T20s as well. But now, like, test cricket is the, is I guess the area where he's supposed to be, uh, to really bring his expertise. And if he can do that, if, uh, if he can push Australia in this series and last time Pakistan toured Australia, they were, they, you know, they got absolutely played off the park in a couple of those games. I think they had, uh, that, that one good match, uh, I can't remember where it was, um, where, if I remember, Azhar Ali and Asad As- Shafiq scored runs. But, uh, overall, it was a disappointing tour. And, yeah, this is, this is the, the, the first big test. And it's gonna be fascinating to see how that develops and whether Pakistan cricket continue to put their faith in Nisbah to the extent that we've seen so far,
0: but uh, Misbah uh, again, uh, as we've seen with Misbah over his career as a batsman, as a captain, as and maybe now as a coach, that it's 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 in Test cricket that his real value shows. When if we give him a time, if if he's given time to draw out uh, results, that's when that's when his value really shows. So we need patience with him.
1: So that's uh, we'll be watching that. Australia Pakistan series pretty intensely over the next few weeks, uh, as well as uh, all the other teams. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, uh, but in the meanwhile, Srinath yeah. and the team will be back with the other Stump Mike podcast. Uh, so, we'll catch you then.